Hey, it is what it is. We are the Man Fuse Podcast. Kay Lee, audio producer, host here, my co-host. This dude is a real estate money-making motherfucker. <laughs> I'm doing my best, That's dude. Ben H. So today on the Man Fuse Podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about real estate. We're going to talk about being a protege and maybe some of the things that you want to consider when trying to build a relationship with somebody who is where you want to be, especially if you're starting from a cold contact. Today we're going to expose the hypocrites. Who are the hypocrites? Well, I believe if we're honest, we all are. How can people say they don't support blood diamonds or clothes that are being made in a sweatshop somewhere? But then again, they'll support another product by buying it, when if you look deep enough, those products are just as bad, if not worse. So at the end of the day, we're all supporting people being treated inhumane for slave wages. We recorded this episode last week. And it's kind of funny that Chris Rock did his live Netflix special this past Saturday. And it's titled, Selective Outrage. That's exactly what we're talking about. It kind of blew my mind because no one knew what he was going to talk about. We didn't know. But how eerily similar some of our topics are in this episode, as in his stand-up. Minus him addressing the Will Smith pimp slap that happened over a year ago. We're going to talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Why do you think they were so offended by South Park's impersonation of them? Maybe because there's truth in comedy? And while most of the world doesn't agree with how Russia invaded Ukraine, but if you look back at the events, it's kind of hard to deny that they were provoked. Not saying we agree with the war, but don't you think there were plenty of chances for diplomacy? We never talk about real estate on this show, but this market we're in right now is like nothing I've ever seen, dude. It's very difficult market. Got to stay out there. You so gotta, you got to keep moving. So a little backstory. Ben and I met at a um, networking event that was being held. We had mutual friends. Right. We had mu mutual acquaintances and I was introduced. I remember the moment we locked oh, eyes, Ben H. Oh, yeah. The club was dark. Hey, this Destiny is my buddy Ben, and it was like shook hands, and we started talking, and we and we swapped numbers. It was just fireworks from there. It was like a a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but when Ben and I met, we were both you know in the business of real estate, and that friendship matured, and we're attacking deals together. That's right. We were working on some very big deals in '08 when the market took a shit. And the housing bubble popped. No one was giving out loans. And Ben and I both, while the friendship remained, we kind of both ditched real estate at that moment. I think you went off to do something and that I went a, off to do something. And it was a pivotal time in my life because I was in the development business, really, is what I was doing. Um, was I was working with a development company trying to help them develop property. And then when I wasn't doing that, I was out with you looking for development property. And when the, when the decline occurred... Uh, all of that hit the brakes, man. So, and your dad had a property in Henry County. I... Yeah, we were working on a lot of different things, man. And, uh, and it just, it all stopped. Your shirt's bumping that. It all stopped all of a sudden. And, um, and so, yeah, I switched gears. I did a lot of different things, but moved to Colorado, you know, it was a great time in my life to be completely honest with you, man. Looking back on it, I ended up staying in the game really throughout. The reason I bring this up is 
when I got my real estate license, I was still a body piercer, but I owned right. half of Psycho Tattoo in Sandy Springs. And be like, God, that's such a crazy, yeah. like to have your hands like, you know, but I'm like, I'm not going to be a body piercer forever. Right. And I figured the reason for getting my license is because I was, you know, I've been reading books like finance and self-help books almost all my life. And it's like, I wanted to have more than what being a body piercer, even though at the time I was crushing it for yeah. my age, I wasn't going to do that That's right. at 40 years old, which if I worked there now, I wouldn't be making as much money as I did then because the trend, you know, it's leveled out. You know, there are kids, you know, get turning 18 every day that probably want something done, but it's not shocking anymore. No. it's And it's like, okay, people have had that and taken it out and it's more shops. The money, what? so my prediction in riding that wave was accurate because when I got out of actually piercing, yeah, that's when the decline, it started to level out. I got my real estate license and I was like, well, I'm just going to help my friends whom, you know, are coming of age and who are going to buy their first right. home. I'll help them. I'll get a little commission, you know, and when I buy property for myself, I could get access to the commission that was being offered that's from right. the selling side. So, which was my reason. But then when I stopped working as a body piercer, then I needed to pay bills. And so I'm like, well, now I've already been doing this a little bit. Now I'm going to start ramping stuff up. That's right. But I will tell you, while I loved a good portion mm -hmm. of working a real estate business, because I am a extrovert of sort. Right. I am self-propelled. I am pretty fearless. And if I do feel the fear, I go and I fucking do it anyway right. until it feels good, until I crave it, which is, I think, that's what anybody needs to do when they fear something, unless it's something they really should be fearful like. Like a rattlesnake. Yeah, but without being a complete fucking idiot, like yeah. jumping off of a bridge with no parachute, right. obviously. Absolutely. You should be fearful of something like that. But I'm talking about simple things like public speaking or yeah. know, speaking in public or cold contacting. Sure. Or those things sometimes for some people, especially to an introvert, are like the worst yeah. things that they could do. Little do they know, there's nothing on that the other side of fear except that the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And then before you know it, you'll almost crave it. Yeah, most of the time you're afraid of a boogeyman that you're creating and, you know, as it pertains to business, you're usually going to win doing things that scare you. Absolutely. You know? And this is what I'm kind of getting at. But what I did love about the real estate was that cold contact, which most people will not do. It's the hardest thing. Right. Whether that be on the phone yeah. or driving up someone's long ass driveway that's not right. in a neighborhood and getting out of your car and walking up to the front door sure. and ringing the doorbell and Absolutely. hi how are you you yeah. know this is who I am and this is what I'm doing yeah sometimes they're like get the fuck off my property sometimes they're like come in and have a shot the people that you come across and the people that you meet out there in the sales business and the more people you talk to the better you're going to do the more you get to know people, you just have the craziest connections. The craziest things happen. Everything that you want to happen happens when you get out and start talking to people. Absolutely. If you set your goals and you set your life up and you, you set everything that you want in your future, and then you put yourself in a position like a career path, let's say, 
Whereas if you do well, you will be able to supply that life for yourself. I mean, something that has, you know, a $100,000 salary, you're never going to be able to afford a $4 million house on $100,000 salary, no matter how bad you want it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just not going to happen. But if you put yourself in a position to where, hey, if I kick ass here, I'm going to be able to do everything I want to do in my life. And by the way, here are all the things that I want to do. I've got it all listed out. I read it every night. I read it every morning. This is my focus, what I'm going to do in my life. The only thing between you and whatever that is, 2,000 contacts. Yeah, you've said that before. And, and I well, agree. Well, Dan Pena that. said it. Yeah. Dan Pena said everything you want is on the other side of 2,000 cold contacts. And it's the truth. And that's going to trigger a lot of people. A lot of people hate that shit. And they hate hearing that. But it's the truth. It's, I don't like getting marketing calls any more than anybody else. I don't like getting blown up by a thousand people. But dude, there's a reason why people are doing it. And the reason is because it works. So I think to position yourself in a way to help people and then be really good at whatever it is that you do that does help people right. and then go out and tell as many people about it as possible. Yeah. I mean, the worst they can say is no. Everybody needs a place to live. Everybody needs multiple different types of insurance. Everybody has to eat. Everybody needs a car. Right. Everybody needs, you know, there are basic things that every single human being in our society needs. Yeah. And 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 it's an exchange of value. So they're going to trade money for that service. So they're going to trade money for that product. And you don't have to want the $4 million house. A lot of people might think that's way too much. It's way too excessive even if I had the income. But it's whatever you want. Don't set it up to where it doesn't make sense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to go buy a freaking Bugatti, which is a $5 million car. Okay. And like, that's what I want. I'm going to buy a Bugatti. It's going to happen within five years. And you know, your career path is you, you work a great job and you have a salary that there's no way you're ever going to be able to buy you probably a $5 get million dollar car. Right. I mean, you know, and it doesn't even have to be about money either. You know, it's like experiences. Um, that's right. People you want to spend time with. It's really about time. You know, if you think about it, we trade our time for money, but we spend the money on time. So it's really all about the allocation of time. How do you want to spend your time? That's really the most important yeah. question. How do I want to spend my time? Do you time? want to show up for a job every day where you're trading time for money, like on that you know employee scale of things? Well, most people do, and yeah. they're and they're lucky to have the great job that they have with benefits and with all these things that that help them provide for their family. And you if know they don't, mean? and if they're not working on something else to get them out of that employee some would call it the, yeah. the rat race that's where they're probably going to be and some people are completely fine with that some well, people, yeah they just want to keep their job and they've well, got their saving like, things set up and you know some people want to be part of a team they don't want to be absolutely the leader of the pack absolutely. they want they want to be an integral part of making that machine work and that is fulfilling to them and that's awesome so that was one of the great things i really liked about real estate one of the bad things, which I know in watching you over the last two months, yeah, and that's why I kind of got off the fact of dealing with the end user and I started, and you and I were doing it together, right. we were working on more towards the builders and the developers, mm -hmm. and then they would build or redevelop and then sell to the end user. That's right. But having to deal with buyers 
and going around and showing them home after home, right. week after week. Yeah. It's not good enough. It's this. It's that. And it's this. I mean, I've had to fire people. I've been like, you know what? I have just spun my wheels for weeks, and your bitch-ass mom that's yeah. going to live with you <laughs> isn't happy with any home that we've looked at. Yeah. Fuck you. You're fired. Yeah. And, and that's and, not probably the attitude to have, but I well, just- I prefer, if we're talking about like regular day-to-day -day retail real estate, I definitely prefer to be on the seller side. I prefer to work with sellers. I don't work with buyers very often. I will typically refer them to a referral partner unless it's like something that has come directly to me as a referral from someone else or something like that. I have a good relationship with them or something like that, you know? But yeah, dude, I mean, it, it is definitely, um, you know, it, it wears on you and- the thing about it is that nobody feels bad for you. And I don't need anybody to feel bad for you, but I'm just saying there's absolutely no sympathy. You know what I'm saying? For people that are out there doing their thing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, boo-hoo, bro, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? You want to exist outside of the job pool. You want to exist out there on the edge. You want to exist out there in the entrepreneurial world, bro. Nobody gives a flying shit about your uh, alligator tears. You know what I'm saying? They just don't. And hey, I completely get it. It's interesting because show me your friends and I'll show you your future, right? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's something that I've really had to analyze in my life because hate never comes from the top down comes from the bottom up. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's where, the I try That's to where shots are fired. Number one, I look at success and I go, wow, thank God, because that means I can do it too. That's I, amazing. I'm not- Hell yeah. I'm, I'm never from the jealous, like, I want what That's he's got. I evidence want, uh, yeah, of the fact that it's possible. If, you know I, what I'm I see it as if they can do it, so can I. Yeah. And especially if I get to even get close enough to that vision of success in someone's life, I'm not jealous. I'm more inspired yeah. and I'm asking questions because I'm like, I'm pretty confident while I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed and I might, from a book perspective, I might fail in comparison to right. some, but I am street smart and I am... I'm good at building relationships. I'm good at being the protege. I'm good at going, hey... Teach me, I am moldable and teachable. And you got a silky voice. And I have a voice that I can bring it down to a light whisper. <laughs> but no, dude, I mean, it's true. I mean, like, I try to constantly surround myself with people that are incredibly way more successful Absolutely. than me. You know, and what I notice is that those people ain't never hating. No, and they want to share. On nobody. And if they know that you have good intentions by being around them... And they don't feel like you're trying to steal or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a lot of really highly successful people. People got to know if you're dealing with somebody who's incredibly, incredibly successful, they have their fucking, their radar is more badass. Oh, yeah. Their radar is just as badass as their, as their success. Well, yeah, because they've had to experience on their way up oh, or, yeah. or while at the top people that come into their paths or lives that are that have bad intentions. Absolutely. If you're surrounding yourself with people that are bringing you down, that are bringing your mood down, that are bringing your level of excitement down, that are putting down ideas that you have, that are doubting you, you know what I'm saying? 
that if you're around people that don't, dude, get those people out of your life, bro. Get away because you might think that just because you know you make uh, a couple hundred grand and they make eighty grand that their negativity doesn't affect you. The people you know the closest, the people that know you the best, their words are like they, they can be like they can be poison. like bombs, like poison. Yeah, I mean like bullets. They can kill a fucking great idea or a dream or a dream faster than you can even faster than anything, dude. You can go into a conversation with maybe your best friend or your significant other or something like that with a phenomenal idea. And they say something against it, and bro, that that idea is gone. It's it's just fucking n to never resurface again. The truth is, I like that though. I like that because to me, that's fuel. I say agree. I can't. I agree. Say say I can't, and I'll be like, okay, motherfucker, I'll show you. And I've done it before. Yeah. I've done it before, and I'm do it again. I, dude, I I completely agree with you, and that's then that's a level of awareness that most people don't have. Right. You know and, what I'm saying? Right, right. Most people don't have the awareness to be like, oh, I'm putting that. I'm writing that down. Right. And whenever I achieve what the fuck I achieve, I'll make sure that you know about it. Well, I won't even have to tell you. They'll just see it. You're, I know you're going to see it. Because they're going to ask, what the hell is going on? Oh, you remember that exactly. idea? Remember what I told you? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Whew. Yeah, there it it's is. It's been fucking great. There it is. But, yeah, so chasing around buyers was it was never, and dealing with the end user. Well, is, is, the, way is, I, the way I look at it, bro, is like, okay, so, like, I'm in the game to help people. You know what I'm saying? Got it. No, and I, I, and, I and and these people these people need help. Now, can I help everybody? No, I can't help everybody. You know what I mean? I, I just can't. And and I have to have my own standards, and I have to know when to say when, and I have to know when to bring one of my buyers agents in and say, "Hey guys, um, you know, I'm not available this weekend. This person's going to be showing you property this weekend," and that's that's a soft handoff. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and the people that work with me are incredible. Right. Right. I mean, but, but ultimately, um, I've got to know when to do those things because what happens is when someone's, when someone trails you out over weeks and weeks and weeks, you're losing time with your family. You're losing time that you could be on the phone, finding other people that need help. You're losing time that you could be working on your business. You're losing time that you could be working on yourself. You're losing all this time. You have to be able to analyze that situation. Hand this off softly. Let someone else spend the time. I'll just, I won't get as much money. And if you're not at the closing table, yeah. there's no money. Yeah, I've got three buyer's agents, man, that are fantastic that I will just split a deal with them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I pay healthy half. Healthy half. Um, a healthy half. Keeps people doing a great job. You know, if you're trying to hand somebody a quarter, you think they care? I mean, you think they're getting ready to go through all that traffic and all that time and all that effort and all that negotiation and all those things for a mm. quarter yeah. of the deal? Negative. So yeah. That's nice of you. But on the seller side, on the listing side, love that. Yeah, because you're just setting I up love shop. love that. You're putting it on the market, you're putting a sign in the yard, and you're letting everybody come to you. What I've been doing recently, too, is I've been finding loopholes and zoning codes for land uses, whereas I can go into maybe an agricultural land use and get residential lots without having to rezone, walking it through that process and then bringing a property with a land disturbance permit on it 
to a developer builder to partner with. That's an LDP. That's what Chris Tuff was talking about, like stealing a base. Like in real estate, you can list one house and sell one house. Or you could do what I'm talking about. You could go find a property where the seller will work with you because, because they want their property to be worth more money as well. You can go through that process, mm -hmm. increase the value of the property 50 to 100%, find a developer builder that wants to partner with you, sell it to them. You're going to make money there. Then part of the stipulation of the sale is that you're going to be the marketing and sales arm for the entire community. So there you just took one sale and turned it into, let's say, 10, 20, 30, however big the community is going to be. I really am excited about a lot of things like that. I got a number of things like that going on right now that are off the radar. They're off the market. They're out of the eye of what anyone can see. And I really enjoy that a lot. It feels good to, um, to work in the real estate business and to um, people literally tell me like, you are the best real estate person that we have ever fucking seen. It's not even close. And that makes me feel good because another thing that we talked about, with I lead with my heart. Mm -hmm. So when I'm leading with my heart, that means that I'm really into what it is that you're trying to do. Right. I'm trying I'm to linking my success to yours. Right. And you're trying to find them the home of their dreams. You're trying to find them the property that works with their life, their family. And that's a big deal. Home buying for anybody. I don't care how much money you got. Yeah. It's a big deal. From the selling side, it's even better because you literally get to see someone go from the current life that they're in. And most of the time when somebody's selling, they're upsizing, they're downsizing, someone left for school and they're gonna be empty nesters or they're beginning a family, they just had a baby. And you know, so you get to, you get to be a part of that whole transition in their life, which is killer. It's so funny how we were talking about really wealthy people uh -huh. and how they have a radar. Uh -huh. So one of my really wealthy clients and friends that I do a lot of stuff with, right? Just bought an office building and I've got a painter that I do a lot of stuff with and I've introduced them. And like literally in the last 30 to 60 days, this guy's probably done like, I don't know, 70 or 80 grand to work with this painter. We need the windows that the building looked at and he just sent us a quote. And the quote is beyond, he doesn't know that we have other quotes. His quote is like way beyond where the other ones came in. So he goes, I think he knows I have a lot of money. A couple of the things I had him do at my home came in rather expensive. Don't have him do the windows. So he's done. That guy's fired. Sometimes you get what you pay for. I mean, there is that aspect. If you got somebody that has a lot of stuff that needs to be done, give them a discount and do an incredible job. Because you will get more in the land. Because let me tell you something. It, that'll be a relationship. Will provide fruit for years. And and maybe it'll be at half what you would charge someone else who's just doing but it's one consistent job work. You. But it's consistent but work. But it might be five or six jobs a year or something. And then referrals to... Et cetera, et cetera. And then you give them a special good deal. And you say, listen, because you do so much with me, I'm really going to do it. Just so you know, I, I don't really do this for other people. So, you know, yeah. but please send me people. And they go, you know what? You do such a great job. I'll definitely send you people. And then you're getting a high baller clientele, all that stuff. Or it, when it's over, it's done. You got to tread carefully. I say it's a game, but it's, you've got to be self-aware enough to know when you're being too pushy, when you're 
you know, if you're trying to be a protege of somebody that's in a higher position and you're trying to build that relationship with somebody who is maybe where you want to be, who's very successful, who's very wary of, you know, is this guy trying to use me, pull something over on me, take advantage of me? You've got to prove yourself. That's right. They've got to know that your intentions are good. And it might take months. It might take years to win that, win their trust to where they let you in. That's right. And where they share. Yep. It might be business or it might just be information and might just be knowledge, which a lot of times is worth more than any money you could get from them if you use it. So yeah, this would be a good time. If you ever have any questions real estate related, or it doesn't even have to be real estate related, but that's the subject that we're on at the moment, and you want advice from Ben H., hit us up at manfuse.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I found something earlier today that I thought was pretty good. And we kind of have touched on it before and it's kind of a thing of the times and it's kind of what our definition of these two things would vary depending on when it is we grew up. If we grew up in the medieval times, obviously there would be a different definition appointed to each one of these things. It was an insightful question and it said, are people good, bad, or is it just relative? And I started thinking about that for a second and I'm like, it's a perspective, a person, culture, society, the civilization. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have somebody that does one evil action that would be classified or defined as evil, but that doesn't make them necessarily a bad person. And even the person that you, who's done vile things, you know, to on many different spectrums, chances are if you followed them, like in a movie, you probably see a good action or a good quality of that person. 100%. And that's why I think sometimes you fall in love with the villains in movies because yeah. you get a zoomed in look at, you know, why they are, why they are. That's right. What made them that. But at the same time, you might see a redeeming quality and be like, "Oh, I have a soft spot for that person even though the actions they are committing daily, weekly, you'd be like, oh, shit. Like, I almost get beyond that because I kind of like them. Or maybe I see why they are the way they are. You know, when it really boils down, I think society helps shape what we think of good and evil. What we think is a good person and what we think is a bad person. If I had to say, pick a bad person off the top of my head, you'd think like someone like Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, I've seen the biopics on Netflix and I've seen the ID Discovery shows on him. And that's an evil fucking person. For sure. And of course, (laughs) those people are portraying only the evil side of him. He's a human being. Yeah, he's human, but they're showcasing his horrible actions. So you consider him a bad person. Do I think he was a bad person? Yeah, I think he was probably an evil motherfucker that had some serious issues. But there are less extremes of people that you're like, that are casted as evil. 
you know, their actions like, okay, yeah, those were dumb decisions and they're not uh, probably very nice to the whole. But it's like this. I use this as an example. If you lived in the medieval times, it would be okay and acceptable for somebody in their 20s or 30s to marry a 13-year-old girl or a 12-year-old girl that just got their period. Because technically in those times, if you got your period, you're now a woman. But this day and age, our society says, oh no, she is underage. Now you're a child molester. That's right. And that's disgusting. That's the point of all the pedos out there. They're saying, hey, look, this is natural. Like it's natural for me to like 14-year-old girls, even though I'm a 30-year-old man. Which I do find that disgusting. And maybe society is the reason. And it's natural for her to want to be with me. I don't agree with that whatsoever. But I'm just saying, they're advocating for that shit. Because, you know, I always think of, okay, so like... And I was using that as an example. I'm not agreeing with that behavior. I was just using that as an example. I'm not either. It is disturbing, especially if you have kids. You realize how young that really is. And yet at the same time, I can remember all the sex that was going on in middle school. And it was like a lot of people were hooking up. I mean, people knew what sex was. People were having sex. Not a lot, but some were for sure. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully they were sticking within their age group at the time. Yes, of course. But then as I progressed through middle school and high school, you know, it was not uncommon for a 15 or 16 year old girl to be dating like a 25 year old dude who like was a bartender somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Or like in my town, 15 or 16 year old girl dating like a 22 year old college student or something like that. And right there, you've got a 15 year old with a 22 year old. You know, the law says that's pedophilia. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And obviously the further the age gap goes, the worst. But the interesting thing is that there becomes a time when people become sexually active. Right. After they go through puberty, now you have that drive and you have that desire and you want that activity. That you know what I'm yearning. saying? yearning. You got that deep yearning. You yearn. You can feel it. You can hear it if you, it's like a whisper. Yeah. Yearn. So that part yeah. is really weird to me. The part that is even more weird and the part that I see is definitely being evil beyond the shadow of a doubt, like real evil, is child. I'm talking child. I'm not talking teenager. I'm talking five-year-old, six-year-old, children, like little baby children. And this is really happening too. And that to me is something that I don't give a fuck how good of a person you think you are. If you do some shit like that, it's game over. So there's some things that you can do. There's lines that you can cross where the rest of your life doesn't really matter. Right. I agree. You know what I'm saying? It's just, hey, you know, I can look at you as a human being and I can empathize with what you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life now because you made this decision. That one decision. You know, that one action. And so I can empathize with you there. But at the same time, there's no remorse for me. Well, I think perspective just defines morality. And this, this, I read this on Reddit. It said one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter, which I thought was good. This one person said, uh, generally being good is a privilege. Looking at um, the hierarchy of needs, would you expect someone that does not have their physiological needs met to be able to consistently be good? Like a starving person. They're going to resort to stealing food because guess what? It's feast or famine. But stealing is outlawed. Mm-hmm. It's against the law. That's right. Regardless of how hungry you are, stealing a fresh meal, or, you know, or whatever from someone else is not acceptable. That's right. 
And especially, I think, when it gets down to that survival level. Because if you take out society in a whole, and you take out government, and you take out cops, and there were no laws or rules, and this was the wild fucking concrete jungle, or wherever right. the fuck you live, at that point, what's good and evil mm. is going to be redefined. That's right. Like, what's acceptable now will be redefined. Because who's saying, forcing down our throats, what's good and what's evil? And well, I think for my definition, and it's probably because I've been molded by society, obviously, and I've watched enough TV, you see the judges and their rulings on, yeah. you're guilty, you're just, you're guilty, Armchair you're just. lawyer. Yeah, whatever. Armchair lawyer. <laughs> Backseat driver. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, what you do, how is it affecting the other person? Right. Is how I would determine what's good. Because if you're hurting someone else in by your actions... I saw this video the other day on the Joe Rogan podcast, and it was showing the cobalt mines. Have you seen this shit? Uh-uh. Dude, so these cobalt mines in Africa. Now, to be clear, cobalt is a rare earth metal, okay? And it's used to make Tesla batteries. It's used to make batteries in general. It's used to make iPhones. It's used to make every high-level electronic device that you use, cobalt. There's not supposed to be, in the manufacturer manifesto, there's not supposed to be one person actively digging. So that's the deal that the manufacturers have with the mines, right? There's a term for it, and it's like, basically what it means is there's nobody digging because the manufacturers of the product have to make sure that they're sourcing their materials from somewhere where slavery is not occurring. Like blood diamonds or something like right. that? Yeah, but listen, this shit will blow your mind. Let's do it. There's 15,000 people in this massive hole that's a cobalt mine. And to see it, it's hard to explain. It looks like ants on an anthill. And they're throwing food down in the hole and like thousands of them are running over this hill and like falling down the hill to like get to the food. And these people are down there mining for cobalt. But, they're, but not by their own choice. They're being forced to. Likely, I would say. Yeah, I mean. What, what part of the kind of world? They can't even in? leave. They're living in this fucking thing. And what, where is this? Somewhere in Africa, dude. Somewhere in Africa or wherever the cobalt mines are. I mean, I'm saying Africa because they are very dark-skinned people. So I'm assuming that because that's where a lot of rare earth materials are mined. But I don't know exactly where it is, but it's where it, I'll show you, dude. It's, it's this will blow your mind. We'll uh, post the link on the website and I'm showing this to Kaylee right now and you guys will be able to hear the sound. This is a clip from the Joe Rogan show when he was like, having a conversation recently and they were talking about these cobalt mines. So, so check this out. So crazy to see. This is the bottom of the supply chain of your iPhone of your Tesla, of your Samsung. I mean, I'm just naming those companies. Right. Uh, it's all of them, right? All of them. We're not just picking on them. And here's what you need to know, Joe, about this video. I, I was the first outsider to get into this mine. Uh, and that's why it's just a really short video that I was, I was able to take. This is an industrial cobalt mine where there's not supposed to be one artisanal miner. Now, that's the term used for people who are just digging by hand as opposed to tractors and excavators. Artisanal There's not supposed miner. to be one here. That's what the story is told at the top of the chain. This mine, and I can name it, it's called Shabara. There's not supposed to be one artisanal miner here, according to the consumer-facing tech companies and EV companies buying this cobalt. Lo and behold, I walk into this place, and this is what I see. 
there's more than 15,000 human beings crammed into that pit. This is yeah. so crazy to see. This is the bottom of the supply chain. Wow. How about that? Meaning all of these tech giants that are creating all these products we use every day, it's like um, a sweatshop. There's no way, unfortunately, other than to go to Costa Rica and buy a piece of land and farm your own food and own your own animals. And even then, you're going to have a smartphone. I mean, it's almost like you would literally have to go completely off the grid to live a life that didn't support something that you are vehemently against. In some way, if you dig deep enough, right. you are contributing to everything horrible. Right, <laughs> yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Right, right. You get a no TV, no anything. You watch a movie that was produced by people in Hollywood who are pedophiles. But yeah. you hate pedophilia, but you're still going to go watch that movie. Yeah. And it's these people are proven pedophiles. A lot of these producers, a lot of these actors, a lot. I mean, this is fact. It's not hearsay. I mean, a lot of these people have been convicted. I mean, a lot of them are in jail. I mean, this is a fact. Harvey um, Weinstein. And there's many others. You know, R. Kelly. Yeah. But you still bump that chocolate factory. Probably mm. a lot less now, but I'm just saying, yeah. you know, there's great things have been created by bad people or slave wages, yeah. sweatshops, yeah. making your clothes that you're sporting. That's right. That by, you know, people working in these just unsightly conditions, like round the clock for crumbs. That's right. That we would throw away here in the United States. Yes. Because these tech companies know they can get all this stuff cheap, cheap labor. And I'm sure Apple knows that that cobalt being used for their batteries that they're buying from China are originating, what, the Shaba mine, the Shabara mine, whatever it was called? That's right. Crazy. I've never seen that before. I haven't either. And I don't think a lot of people have either. And I think as people do, it's going to change things because a level of awareness is kind of becoming in the earth, like among people with technology. We have the ability to have visibility on things now. There's things that have been questioned for millennia that we're figuring out right now because of technology, right. because we have social media, because we have cameras, because we can... You know, we can send one post that goes out to the entire world. That's exactly right. And you can't hide can't any hide. mind. There's no, you can't keep your secrets under wraps. No, you can't, man. And even on the basic level, it would blow your mind to know how much of what you consider to be your private information oh, God. is actually public information that anybody can find. Oh, yeah. All, pretty much all of it. There's really nothing. No. I mean, down to every for, penny that's in your bank account. For $15, you can run a report from 100 different sources that will spit out everything about you, your associates, your relatives, their addresses, their... There's no way to hide. And so it's like... Unless you're off the grid. Like, completely off the grid. Like, no power bill. Some people are. I mean, some people have just said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the whole thing. I'm out. I know some of them. I know a lot of people that have gone to Costa Rica, bro, that have left the United States. They have gone to Costa Rica. They have bought 50 acres, 100 acres, whatever it is. They built themselves and their family a house. They're farming. They're living off of their land. They just said, I'm just not doing it anymore. I'm not doing the rat race anymore. I'm not doing the whole thing. I'm not doing the 401k. I'm done. I'm just not doing it anymore. They don't want to be 
in society like that. They don't want to be in it anymore. They're just done with it. There is something that is appealing. Well, compared to like committing suicide, for example, that's probably a better choice. Did you hear about the guy who was going to commit suicide down in Mexico? He was going to commit suicide, okay? But before he did, he wanted to go to Mexico and do some blow and bang some strippers, right? Right. So he went down to Mexico and did blow and bang strippers and decided not to kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) Did he write everybody like a note in his family to say, this is what I'm doing? Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it was like this guy was suicidal. I mean, literally, this was his last thing that he was going to do before he was going to take his own life. And then he went down there and did it and decided not to take his life, you know? I mean, but that's what it is. I mean, people get so caught up in society and they don't know how to get out. There's so much visibility. Like if you get something embarrassed, you do something that's embarrassing. Like as kids, I remember one time this girl I liked, I was on crutches because I had a broken leg. And this girl, she actually ended up being my girlfriend, but we were all walking back from lunch. It was like another building and I was on crutches, right? And I had one of my feet up. And she was like flirting with me. And so like when I went to take a step, she like kind of kicked my foot. Her foot hooked onto my foot. And I fell face first on the sidewalk in front of everybody. You know what I mean? And everybody laughed and blah, blah, blah. And it was embarrassing. Okay, fine. That was an embarrassing moment for me. But imagine if someone would have been recording and and then then they would have put that out there right then. They would have, boom, posted it. So now everybody in school, because I was like a phone. big football player and I had my jacket on. You know, Everyone's kind of, laughing at you watching it. laughing. You got tripped and you bust your ass. And then it gets put out even to the more broad spectrum. And, oh, it goes viral. That wasn't even that embarrassing. But I'm just saying there's many more embarrassing things that could occur. And, dude, kids are committing suicide over this shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so you yeah. have to be careful, bro. There are evil forces that are out here in this world. They're available to us. And you really have to start watching. The older I get, the more aware I become of like, oh, wow, that's real. Like evil is real. Oh, there's definitely evil, you know, and there's definitely good. And it's like, there's that line again, though. And evil in what you're talking about could be a person. It could be a platform that's being used by people and it becomes evil. Like you just said, like that photo. That video that was taken of you falling on your face, that one idiot sent out to the everyone at the school, and now it's gone viral across all the platforms. Exactly. Now it's turned into something evil. That's right. Because it's affecting the person who was in the video. Yeah, and the kid's sitting there, and they don't know what to think. They're sitting there in their bedroom at night, and they're going, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. I don't want to go to school ever again. But my parents aren't going to understand, and they're going to make me go to school tomorrow. I'm going to have to face it. How, how could I get out of this situation? As crazy as that sounds. It happens. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. And, you know, the parent comes up and finds their 12-year-old or 10-year-old or 15-year-old or whatever it is and come to find out that somebody was bullying them at school or come to find out somebody put something embarrassing about them out there. Or they turn to drugs to numb the pain and then they get yep. hooked and then they get fentanyl. Or then they're, they're hooked on opioid right. and they overdose, which is, for me personally, I'm going to try to block social media from my kids. They know about it, but I'm going to try to keep them from being on it as long as I can. And when they're on it, it's going to be governed because they ain't going to be on my plan. You know, and I'm guilty of letting my three-year-old loves watching YouTube kids. She watches YouTube kids. 
you know, she watches these, you know, they're innocent. It's kind of mindless, but, you know, videos, some are of real people, some are of cartoons, but it, it's innocent. But, like, as far as them swapping photos and communicating, you know, freely on right. social media, I will block that as long as I can. With what you're saying, that's like a first level response. And I think that that's a beautiful thing because there's a word for that. It's called empathy. Empathy is looking at the other person's perspective in the situation and allowing yourself to feel or to at least acknowledge what they must be feeling. Which is better than sympathy because most people don't want your sympathy. No, but people appreciate empathy. And that's like when you can put others first, but when you can see the world from someone else's perspective, like let's say somebody cuts you off in traffic, right? And you have this angry response to that. You might be villainizing this person. It's a bad person, this, that, and the other thing. But you don't know what they're going through. What if it's a lady just got a call that their son or daughter choked on a hot dog at school and she's trying to get to the hospital to make sure they're still alive? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like a five-year-old. And you have a five-year-old, too. If you had two seconds to talk to that person, your attitude would change from anger to complete oh my god just distraught you would be like can i help follow you? me me yeah we're gonna get you there faster right. follow me get in my, get in my car yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah right right but i'm just saying that's a paradigm shift right so having empathy for people can cause a paradigm shift and the paradigm is the way you see things right right so it can shift the way that you see the world when you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. So the question becomes, what's the world that you want to see? I would rather see the world through more of an empathetic point of view than an opinion-based view. Right, of course. And my friend Josue posted this. We know Josue, Mundo Gente, Medicinas, down in Costa Rica. They do healing center. They do medicinal retreats for psilocybin, ayahuasca, bufo, all these things. But the guy and his wife are magical, unbelievable people. And they just posted this on their thread we have. It says, opinion is really the lowest form of human knowledge. It requires no accountability, no understanding. The highest form of knowledge is empathy, for it requires us to suspend our egos and live in another's world. And that's by Bill Bullard. That's so awesome. Bill Bullard said that. But well, I don't care. No, Josue said that. I don't care about yeah, Bill Bullard. Yeah, Josue said it. Yeah, Josue. It's his yeah, he's now. the guy. That's who I heard it from. He's the guy that It's said out of it. his mouth. It's his post. So Prince Harry and Meghan Markle evicted. Kick the fuck out. Bye-bye. You are no longer welcome. Bring in the royal fools. <laughs> the royal fallout. The royal fool. The royal fallout. Prince Harry and Meghan have put out this big documentary called Spare. And, you know, they're basically trashing the royal family, which in Harry's case, the king is his father. Do I believe what Harry, the accusations that Harry has made towards the royal family to be true? Fuck yeah. Of course. They're shady as fuck. Of course. I mean, they've been covering up shit for fucking hundreds of years. The British monarchy is serious shit that's way bigger than like the president of the united states or something like that i mean you know right so they got evicted they had a home you know it's a royal cottage looks like a damn house that would cost a couple million bucks around here that was owned by the Um, government right that was owned by the royal family it's owned by the royal family it's the royal 
Frog, I think, it was, what is it called? Frog Cottage or something like that? But they live, Harry and Megan have a house here in the States as well, where they have yeah. set up shop. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. They live in California. They ain't going back to England, not to the Royal Cottage anyway. So probably their press junket that they have been going on, Harry's book, their interview with Oprah, has had effects on the relationship, however fragile it was. Now that the king is stepping into place, he's like, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to have the disrespect. They, Whether it's warranted or not, they're just not going to deal with they're it. They're not going to deal with it. They're saying, oh, okay, that's how you want to live your life, and that's these are the things you want to say, then hereby evicted. Okay, so this has inspired me. Have you seen the South Park episode that's new? They go in on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I haven't seen I'm going to play a few snippets. Okay. Because... You know, South Park, when they make fun of something, yeah. there's normally a level of truth and yeah, irony always, to always. it. So this, I don't have it queued up to the exact point, but this shit is funny. Look at this branding company called Cum Hammer. <laughs> C-U-M Hammer. My friend Kyle here was thinking if we work in his brand a bit, and I told him maybe you could help. Oh, well, sure there, Kyle. Let's just get you to fill out a Cum Hammer survey. <laughs> Go in the back and come up with some options for you. Live from the television studios in Toronto, it's Good Morning, Canada. <laughs> it has been several months now since our beloved queen has died. Our Canadians are finding it hard to go on. All Canadians, that is, except for our first guest, the prince and his wife. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want, want privacy! <laughs> we want privacy! <laughs> hey, thanks for having us on the show! It's so awesome to be here, it's great. <laughs> so let me start with you, sir. You've lived a life with the royal family. You've had everything handed to you, but you say your life has been hard, and now you've written all about it in your new book, Wah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, my wife and I, I are totally like, you should write a book because your family's like stupid, and then so are like journalists. <laughs> so you hate journalists. That's right. And now you wrote a book that reports on the lives of the royal family. Right. So you're a journalist. <laughs> we just want to be normal people. All this attention is so hard. Isn't it true, sir, that your questionable wife has her own TV show and hangs out with celebrities and does fashion magazines? What are you suggesting? Well, I just think some people might say that your Instagram-loving bitch wife actually doesn't want her privacy. Oh. <laughs> My Instagram-loving bitch wife has always wanted her privacy! And you know what else? To hell with Canada! We are leaving! We'll go find some quiet place where we can be normal people! Come on, wife! We want privacy. We, we want privacy. Want privacy. <laughs> we want privacy. So true, dude. Is it not? Now they're on a private jet. To come to America. <laughs> and this is where they end up in South Park. Worldwide privacy tour. We want privacy. They're touring the world. Yeah. On TV saying they want privacy. We want privacy. <laughs> we want privacy. We want privacy. We want privacy. <laughs> that that is shit so funny, is dude. fucking funny. I mean, oh how true is that, though? We want to be left alone. It's we want privacy, but we're going to sign a hundred million dollar deal for this book. It's unreal. And then I'm going to go on Oprah and do this interview. It's crazy. And then Meghan Markle is going to be interviewed. And then it's this and that. Now, granted, Harry is the one that has now, I think, is the first one to really step out That's ever right. and call out that family for being and doing what they are. What did, um, was it P. Ruse that we had on here? And we're talking about, you know, how almost evil 
the royal family and how instrumental they right. have been in back-channel uh, negotiations oh, with Iran. They ruled the world at one point, and a lot of people would say they still do. They portray themselves as, no, we don't. Right. There is the prime minister of the UK, and, right. and they're just a, a symbol. But right. no, they got more power than just being a symbol. Yeah, they own a lot of land. They control the media. Yeah. They control the narrative Yeah, on many things. A lot of stuff. And so could they be considered evil? By a lot of people, they are considered yeah. evil. But they're also one person's terrorist is another one's freedom fighter. There is a large part of that population that loves the royal family, yeah. that will bow down and kiss the feet of the royal family. Yeah. Like, there are people here, and they're not even our king, that love and follow the royal family. British colonization. It's crazy. A lot of people don't agree with it. Bring in the royal fool. It is amazing, though, what they did in the colonization days. Well, yeah, they ruled by force. They'd come and bring their army and they'd fucking try to tax their people. Yeah, I want to send a little PSA out there to any of those Russian, Chinese, would-be coming over here to fuck around. Just look at what happened to the British. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember the Tea Party. <laughs> oh, it's going to be worse. If we have another Tea Party, it's going to be with some fucking AKs and shit. The China thing, literally, we've built the Chinese economy, okay? I mean, everything we use comes from them. China doesn't want to go to war with us. The Russia thing, somebody's going to run out of something. They're going to run out of money. They're going to run out of people. They're going to run out of something. The way that the United States is posturing in that conflict is the scariest thing. I think we've sent $700 billion so far. We are front and center in that conflict and have been, honestly, for a while. And probably even more than we know. There's two sides to every coin, right? And there's certainly two sides to that coin. I guess we'll just see what happens with all of it. The funny thing is that everybody on Earth is living the same moment, you know? All of our lives are ticking by at the same speed, so to speak. We're all the same human, just playing a game of individual faces. Yeah, that's deep and a little creepy. We're all the same. We're just swapping faces. I heard today on my way home that what's the Iranian uh, government, the, the guard? Mullahs. The mullahs. Over a thousand schoolgirls, women that were in schools that were evidence of either supporting protests whether it be from making signs or doing posts, have poisoned over like a thousand schoolgirls. Wave of poison attacks on schoolgirls alarms Iranians. There are a lot of people that think what's happening right now with this war with Ukraine is the beginning. Well, really, COVID was the beginning, but that this is just a sequence of events that is leading up to basically the depopulation of the world by 2030. And it's hard to believe that because you just kind of want to live in your lane. But if you really look around at the things that are going on, it's pretty scary. You hear about things like that. You hear about what's happening in Ukraine, you know, what is happening in our own country yeah, with the poisoning Ohio. of the water, these chemical fires that are everywhere, these oil refineries that are burning everywhere. Did I just see another train crashed with like there, 300 gallons? There's been like 12 since Ohio. 12. In the United States. In the United States. And then there's that one in Greece that just collided, went head on. 
with another train and just killed. What the fuck is up with these trains? Like all of a sudden? If it were to be done intentionally, it would be done to destabilize the human population in a way that we don't have the essential things that we need. Prices go up so high that you can't afford it. A new virus comes out and the vaccine kills you or the virus does. There's chemical warfare. There's biological warfare. There's kinetic warfare. You see that happening all over the place as well. Somehow we're supposed to just keep our head down not say anything, not talk about those kinds of things. Who wants to be right about something like that? And I think that's part of it, is that no one wants that to be true. Some people are not walking around with blinders on and can actually have a open-minded, a common-sense approach to the writing on the wall, to what they see. Do they have all the evidence to make that 100% definitive decision that that is true? No, because there's a narrative that's spun around, around that event that is telling you the opposite of what your brain is seeing. And it's making you go, oh, well, you know, I could see it going that way, but apparently the news that's being shoved down my throat or in my ears is telling me opposite. That's what it is. There are people in positions of power who will every once in a while step out and speak what they say is truth. And when they speak that truth, it is aligned with the craziest things you've ever heard. And they say, listen, I'm telling you this is what's going on. Behind the scenes, this is happening. From the media or the people that are pulling the strings, the puppet master, then the narrative is that person's crazy, all of a sudden evidence to prove them wrong, or they're a drug addict, or they die, or they... Something to discredit them. It's exactly like House of Cards. How are we going to spin this? How are we going to make it look like something else? Hey, let's send a distraction. Look over here so they're not paying attention to what's going on over here. It's sleight of fucking hand. Have you ever heard of Ricardo Bossi? Sounds familiar. So Ricardo Bossi, he's an author. He's a speaker. He just wrote a book called Greatness Awaits You. I'm going to read a little dialogue about him, and then I want to put something on that he recently came out and said. Ricardo Bossi is a much sought-after speaker and consultant in leadership, strategy, and innovation. And he works with private industry, the public sector, as well as the military by drawing on his over 40 years of experience in all three. He's a former Australian Army Special Forces Lieutenant Colonel who served in the Middle East, Asia, and the Pacific, as well as a long-term advisor of the United Arab Emirates Special Operations Command. Ricardo's experience in industry spans international corporates to small to medium enterprises. He has consulted internationally in business continuity for the gas and oil industry in Pakistan, Thailand, the Philippines, and Italy, as well as creating and developing startups in various industries. In the public sector, he has developed initiatives that delivered new industry worth hundreds of millions of dollars annually to the state. Ricardo lives in Sydney, Australia, is happily married, and has three wonderful children, okay? So this guy's a badass who we need to get on the show. Yeah, absolutely. But listen to what he just recently said. Listen to this. He just said this three days ago the truth of which will be coming out soon the horrors that they are experiencing you can see for yourselves and when the truth does come out and i wish we were wrong i honestly wish we were wrong but we're not when the truth does come out the others who have called us liars and fools 
will be deeply regretful. Because this is without precedent. This global conflict, this war for the world is without precedent. In other wars, land has been the objective. And in the process, people have been killed. But this time, the purpose is the genocide of the entire human population. They wanted to reduce us to 500 million. Wow. And that's written. That was written on the Georgia Guidestones before they were blown up. That's written in a lot of different places. Because they think 500 million were not the fungus that's consuming the Earth's resources at a rate a lot of people think is not sustainable to have this many people sucking up the resources of the earth or polluting it. Ozone layer is being damaged and the global warming and the ice caps are melting and and the seas are rising and ah! Right, and all that narrative, right? But I mean, that whole narrative is, it's either bullshit or it's not. To me, it is in a way. But if you think about what he just said and you wonder, well, how could that possibly happen? How is it? that we could go from a population of 8 billion to 500 million. You know, there are a couple really easy answers. There's a couple solutions to that problem if you're trying to execute it. One of them would be nuclear war. How would you possibly create a nuclear war? Well, you've got one superpower at war with someone else and another superpower stepping in, backed by other superpowers. Yeah, you push somebody into the corner so far. Like, for example... Vladimir Putin, where he's on the brink of either I push this button and Russia maybe has a chance or I don't push the button. And it's certain that Russia will be in the history books. There will be no more Russia. That's happened to countries before. There are plenty of countries that are no longer in existence in recent history. And so if we needed to create a nuclear war, how would we do that? One way to do it would certainly be to provoke Russia to send nukes anywhere because the moment they drop a nuke anywhere bro i mean it's nato and so you create an alliance between a nuclear russia and a nuclear pakistan and a nuclear china and a nuclear india south america so you've got this alliance that you've created and you push them into the corner to the extent where they have to fire first and there's no defending against nuclear war all of the equations equal catastrophe just catastrophe and millions of death a clean way to do it would be with viruses and vaccines i mean that's pretty easy right you know what i mean it's pretty clean you launch a virus the virus goes all over the world you convince people that if they don't get a vaccine that they're going to die from the virus and it's actually the vaccine that kills them that's a play too you know you got people like bill gates saying things like we're going to reduce the human population with vaccines like he said that before. He's, he's on record saying that shit. I'm not saying it. He said it. You know, there might be more at stake in our near future than we realized. And there may be plans in place in our near future that are beyond anything that we can comprehend. Or beyond anything that we can even do about it. And there's not a fucking thing we can do about it. That's the other side of it. There ain't a damn thing you can do about it. It makes me want to hear stuff like that. You know who's going to survive. The people that are going to survive are the motherfuckers that are off the grid. Right. Or, you know the, what I'm or the ones that are leading the charge. No, oh, those people will definitely, the ones who are planning and strategizing and orchestrating, the ones with the power. It's like a game of chess. It's like we go here. Yeah. They're going to go there. If they go here, 
then we're going to go there, and then we're going to box them into a corner. It's going to force their hand to give up these pieces That's right. and checkmate, bitch. That's right. And either they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. The king ain't coming off the board without my one. The king's one, got one move left. And it's going to try to take out everybody. You never know. Hopefully not. But you can certainly see that unfolding. And, and the thing about Ukraine that's so baffling is how avoidable it was from multiple angles. It was so avoidable to prevent Russia from attacking like it did. That was a provocated attack. That attack was provoked. And it's a long story to how it was provoked. And it doesn't make it right. But it was a provocation. There were multiple right. opportunities for diplomacy, which could still be diplomacy could still be occurring right now. Maybe yeah. no decisions would have been made yet. It would have prevented Putin from going, hey, we're not going in. We're talking. That's right. We're still talking. You guys pull back to here. We'll pull back to there and we can talk. You keep coming forward. I'm telling you what we're going to do. And they did. And they did. And they kept coming forward. And he did what he said. We're not saying that we support Putin in his reasons to, but... No, but, but that's what really happened. Right. There was warning given. If we didn't want this thing to happen with the Ukraine, I'm not talking about we personally. I'm saying if the people who were provoking that did not want this thing to happen with Ukraine, there were massive opportunities for that. Right. There were warnings and those warnings were not adhered to. That's right. It's, it's like, like, hey, you take one more step, I'm going to freaking punch you in the nose. You and take not, a step and you get punched in the nose. <laughs> right. Russia wasn't counting on the punches back. No. That his punch in the nose wasn't going to be the death blow that he thought it would. It shows how weak their systems and military and strategy is. I was talking to a group of spec ops guys about this the other day because I've watched the videos. And I was talking to these guys at one of the gun shops that I go to. And I was like, tell me if I'm wrong here because I've been downrange a number of times, but I'm not spec ops. Have you seen some of these videos, these Russian guys running around? Is it not completely untrained people that are getting sent down to the firing line? They're like 100%. Where's the military? They're 100%. This is some kid that they pulled out of freaking college, a helmet on, gave a gun and said, run that way. Yeah, but this is supposed you know? to be a superpower. Well, the reason they're a superpower is because they do possess nuclear weapons and a lot of land but those nuclear weapons i'm not even sure that their equipment would cause damage if they shot them i don't think it would play out like they think it would their arsenal of nuclear weapons is the largest on the planet recorded as far as the numbers are concerned now do they all work who knows but there's a significant problem there and everybody has a lot of good reason to hope that this works out for ukraine but that's based on if you're only looking at the way that the narrative being told to you. If you look at it from a different perspective, you've got a situation of potential provocation occurring, which is coming from the people you think are the good guys. You know what I mean? And that's where the provocation is coming from. I think that what people don't realize right now, I think we're all hoping for life to just kind of continue on, for it to go back to normal from COVID. But haven't we realized up to this point that it ain't fucking going back and that it's only going to get more crazy? From some perspective, we have to acknowledge and be prepared for the worst. I just don't think we are. I don't think anybody is prepared for the potential of nuclear war. I don't think anybody is prepared for another coronavirus. Or anything that's going to depopulate the earth. 
I don't think anybody's prepared for it. And I think that's a well-known fact, but here's the thing that fires me up. People don't understand their place in history right now. They just want to put their head down. And people also don't understand that it's the people who actually have the power. Power exists in numbers. We are agreeing to all this shit. Idly sitting back. We are allowing these things to happen. People need to step up and stand up. We, the people, especially in the United States, we have the power. Maybe not for long and maybe not nearly as much as we think. Let me tell you something. If you get 70 to 80% of America on the same page... There's nothing that can stop anything. And that's why they need it 50-50, by the way. Because if it's not, the people are going to have control. And I think that goes for Iran, which I would love to see the people take over that country and rid themselves. And I know contributor Piruz, he fled Iran. He is an Iranian-American. He wants that for those people over there, too. And it's like the people come together and get on the same page. Even in Iran, there's nothing that can stop them right. from taking out that government. Yeah. But you have to have people willing to sacrifice their lives for that next generation. It'd have to be a majority because half the country is just sitting back, staying quiet, like, hey, this ain't that bad. I'm living a good life. I don't want my shit taken away. No, I don't love it, but I'll take it. It's better than going out there and Dying running or- at a machine gun. Or, so that we can create a pile of bodies big enough so we can climb over the machine gun right, wall. Right, Or you know? having my wealth or my position stripped from me and losing everything that I've worked for and whatever they have. And that's what technology does. Technology takes away that animal instinct. You know what I'm saying? That defender of freedom, that fucking, that warrior mindset gets stripped away with technology. Because, you know, why would I want to go fight? I'd rather just... Does Netflix still work? Can I get food? Can I get water? Can I get food? Does my internet work? Hey, if you know what's good for you, stay home. Don't be out there with all those crazy radicals. (laughs) They're going to get mowed down by Apache helicopters. Right. Stay home if you know what's good for you. And you know what? Most people would fucking stay home. Yeah. And that's the truth. This ended up being a pretty heavy episode. Sorry about that. No, it's all good, but we're just speaking our perspective and- how we see things, whether you agree with it or you don't, if you really think about it and you had to put percentages of chance, I mean, there's definitely a good chance that we could be right on some of these items. So check it out. Join the show. Support the show by sharing the show at manfuse.com. Use our voicemail or text. The number is 770-744-5227. The website has been updated. We are ready. Manfuse Productions is ready. That's right. And by the way, on topics like this, I hope I am wrong. We hope we're wrong. I hope I'm a thousand percent wrong. on. We hope you can call us idiots and dumbasses later. Please.